Hey, what's up? Before we kick this episode off with Poetics, I want you to know that the Patreon is finally live at patreon.com slash survival of the artist podcast. I give a little more information about it towards the end. So listen up and find out how you can be a patron for this podcast. Thanks. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Justin, and I am back after a long delay with the survival of the artist podcast. I'm sorry, I've had a couple of people scheduled and lots of conflicts with three people that they keep rescheduling or it doesn't work out. But, but, we're gonna slide somebody else in between those other three for episode 12. His name is Poetics. He is a producer in Christian hip hop. You probably know him by the tag. Poetics, bring the drums in. And, uh... So what's up, bro? Thanks, thanks for thanks for sliding in. For sure, bro. I'm I'm glad to, to be talking. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna do a lot of talking. <laughs> yes, pro- producers who talk aside from their from their producer tag in the beats, because that's that's a one time thing. So you could have said that like ten years ago. Yeah. And you, you just you I, just I get jealous in. when I see on beat doing his like lives and stuff. Yeah, and I'm just like bro, you get to talk, you get FaceTime. People, know, people know who you are, and then, and then I know from from the from the Rapzilla articles that you submit, we only really have like a handful of, of uh, pictures of you. So yeah, bro. So I don't know. You got to do a fo- like, you got to do a photo like shoot. Two of them cannon took. <laughs> You're in various poses. Um, so. I mean, so let's get into it. I'm sure a lot of the listeners know who you are because you've probably worked with half the listeners. Uh, you are quite prolific right now. But uh, for those who don't, who are you? What do you do? What is your claim to fame? Go. Gotcha. Uh, well, I wouldn't really say that I have like a claim to fame, but <laughs> um, I'm basically... Uh, producer from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I originally came from Portland, Oregon. So I kind of saw the Christian hip-hop scene over there and then came to Nashville, saw the Christian hip-hop scene around here and saw both sides of the world, almost, of Christian Mm hip-hop. Well, not the world, but you know what I mean. But, um, yeah, I just kind of build with a lot of people, as many as I can, um, spread the name as much as possible, make beats, uh, mix and master. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much all I do, bro. <laughs> and uh, I mean, so you say you don't have a claim to fame, but I'm sure you're known for something. So like what what would be like the signature poetics, you know, thing like like your brand? Um, I'd say it probably is very, like, trap-centric. <laughs> okay. Um, I kind of have, most of my beats have a very, um, aggressive or, like, um, aggressive or, like, high-tempo, something to amp you up. Um, with the stuff I've done, for example, like, Cannon's Nino Brown or... Mm-hmm. Um, Zay Hill and I have dropped numerous singles this year. Yep. Yes. <laughs> too, too many singles at this point, but we're 
about to drop more. Um, but yeah, I've just I enjoy making music that um, makes you want to like it just fuels you with energy because I I don't have enough energy. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired all the time. Well, I don't know when when we were when we were setting this up. When I said I could I could fit you in yesterday, you're like, nah, bro, I got to be up at what? What'd you say, 4 a.m. to go to work? Yeah, bro, work 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah, that's... I've been up since 3.30. <laughs> oh, man, all right, so we'll... So I'm like... We'll, we'll, wrap, oh, yeah. we'll wrap this up in 10 minutes. It, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Every, everyone needs to go to sleep. Um, so, I mean, what what got you into production? I know, I think you're a drummer, right? And I saw you write somewhere... No, I don't. I don't drum at all. You don't drum? <laughs> I thought I, nah. I saw somewhere that you're a drummer also. No, nah, I um I played guitar for um a good seven, eight years and then um kinda morphed into piano as I got more into production. But um yeah, I kind of the whole kind of story behind it is I used to be primarily like a rapper. Okay. I made really bad music. Like, I was terrible. <laughs> uh, like, I recorded, like, on my phone, like, yelling in the phone mic, and then didn't mix it at all, just kind of leveled it. So it was really bad. I was, I was not good. But um, I built, when I went to college, um, just kind of building with people. Um, I had an internship with a... Um, a music venue in Nashville called Rocket Town. Yeah, and I've then heard of from Town. that, oh yeah, it's a cool venue. But from that, I met uh, Doc Watson and mm. uh, RMG, and just kind of built with them over the years. And um, I did merch for a few shows for Derek and Cannon, and then um, after spending a lot of time with Cannon on the road. I eventually showed him some beats and he was like, bro, these are terrible. <laughs> and <laughs> and then over, but he was like, he saw some potential. So yeah, um, that's good. Over the course of many, many beats that were terrible and he eventually went, okay, these are starting to get pretty good. And then I just worked more and more on kind of building my own sound, building uh, sound design and all that kind of stuff. And it's been a crazy ride. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's cool. Like a couple things on that. Like it's cool that you as a person were able to like recognize and not have the pride issue to be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not a great rapper let me try yeah. let me try something else because i love music so much and then even still saying yeah. you know what i'm not a great producer but somebody said that they saw a little something so let me keep working at it until i get something you know um yeah for sure that that takes a it lot it came down to um a moment where i i had two songs i was working on one that was a rap song and one that was a producer song and uh, i was like okay, I'm going to put the same amount of money behind it. I'm going to do this. And I was like, kind of like 
almost like showing God, like, show me where you want me to go kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I there had been so many things that have pointed me towards music, but I just wasn't really sure, like, where to be in that field. Um, so then I put out the two singles close to the same time. Right. And the first one went nowhere. And then the second one was the Now They Go and See song mm-hmm. that I dropped, like, a year ago. And now it's gotten... It had like last time I checked, like eight thousand on SoundCloud, and uh, I think we had like twelve thousand on Spotify or something like that. So I was just like, at that moment, I was like, okay, so this is kind of the field I need to go into when it comes to music. Right, right. But um, yeah, bro, it's just been crazy. Um, my main thing is like, I always try to tell people like, find where. Um, God wants you to be and then just strive for that as hard as you can and you'll be successful no matter what Word. in my opinion yeah no that's that's <laughs> just that's, from my experiences that's real and and I I said earlier that hopefully I'm not rusty with this podcast and you already got me like on the second question with me having misinformation <laughs> about you being a drummer uh, <laughs> um the other thing was, man, like I totally been there. How you said you used to record raps at your iPhone. I remember when when my father bought me, or I guess he bought the family an iMac in two thousand and eight, and I was like, yo, what is this Garage Band thing? And I've I've always Bro. I've always been in bands uh, since two thousand. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I I was a drummer, and now I I do like vocals, and I I rapped a little bit you know i did a little bit so like in 2008 once i got that garage band i was like yo i'm making beats every day i'm making albums in like a week but what was i doing i didn't even have a microphone i would do it like with you with the yeah, iphone but i would just yell computer, i would just yell yeah. at the computer <laughs> rap into the computer bro, that's exactly what i did like, bro this sounds so dope so this sounds so dope i remember the first thing um a laugh rap that uh, look at me what was it? Look at me now. Um, the Chris Brown song. Yeah, yeah. Busta Rhymes had that crazy verse on. Yeah, bro. <laughs> that was that was the thing that made me want to rap. And then, then I realized after getting like, because it start it got a little bit of traction on YouTube, and it was like thirty thumbs down and like one thumb up. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was just like. At the time, because it's crazy how, like, at the, uh, like if you get too caught up in yourself, it becomes, like, you're getting all this hate, and you're like, these people don't understand me, they don't know what I'm doing, I'm going over their heads, <laughs> and it's like, bro, no, it's just bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's when like, you look back we, we on see we see the heart like, we see the heart you're, you're just not you're just not good <laughs> we didn't say you're not trying you're definitely trying that's the problem <laughs> um, yeah, bro. some people just don't want to hear opinions though when it comes to their music <laughs> oh of course and and that's a bad way to have it like i mean I'm some some sure people you guys have plenty of that <laughs> yeah 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 and and some and some people's opinions you know that that's just it they're like some person's opinion can be wrong but you need to mm-hmm. you need to grab a consensus and if the consensus oh, and if the consensus says yeah if consensus says that it's bad then you're gonna have to stick maybe with the consensus. 
Um, oh, yeah. That's, that's why I always Bro, tell I've people, had... don't ask one person. Like, ask five or six. And, and Bro, five or I've six people that are going to give you honest feedback. Oh, for sure. Um, I've had so many beats that, like, haven't moved with people, and I, like, send them to tons of people. And then it's just that one person that's like, this is the one I want. This is what I need. Like, and it's always like KJ or Dre Murray or something like that. And they're just like, bro, this is yeah. the one. This is, and I'm just like, that's why. <laughs> like, you can't get caught up in negativity, but at the same time, you got to know, like, it's hard to, because it's not for everybody, but at the same time, like, gotta be for somebody at some point <laughs> yeah no i i feel you 100 percent. so so you're i guess from what you're saying relatively like new in producing right only like a handful of years mm-hmm. so, yeah um i didn't get serious about it till um i think a little less than two years ago so you've so you've made traction like pretty quick working with people so um, yeah, it's been exciting. I know, like you said, you had that Rocket Town RMG connection, which definitely mm-hmm. helps. But you've worked with so many people now. So, like, how did, like, how did you get to this point where you're at now, where where it's just like um, you're you're one of the guys question. that is is out there like really doing it with production. I appreciate. It. That's actually kind of crazy to hear someone say. I but, said it. Uh, I said it. <laughs> Uh, so much of it has came down to uh, building real connections with people before I even like show them anything or send them anything. Uh, for a while, like when I first met the people at RMG, I didn't even tell them I made music. I was just like just building with them. Um, and then as I got better production, obviously, I kind of expanded, but. So uh, almost all my biggest connections have been from meeting people in person, Mm -hmm. which is one thing that a lot of producers uh, seem to struggle with when it comes to, uh, they're like, I don't get placements. And it's like, well, it's because you're DMing someone you don't know. (laughs) Right. You don't know them in any way. Like, I'd be hesitant to respond if I was like, a pretty famous rapper to respond to a random DM from someone I don't know. Like, yeah, of course. And then take the time out of the busy schedule to listen to it for X amount of minutes. But, uh, almost every major placement or every bigger placement I've got has came from, I met someone at the show, um, Went to them, shook their hand, had my computer on me, <laughs> played them some beats, or I just got the number at the show, and then sent them beats later. But pretty much all the biggest ones that came from that. So let me, so let me ask you this: um, Was there a time in the beginning, or even a time now, where there's someone that you'd really want to work with, or or do something with, where you're kind of like, let me just give them a beat like you know not expecting anything return any money or whatever because you know you see the value in getting that sort of uh connection or relationship with that person does that happen a lot with you um i wouldn't say it happens a ton but uh it does definitely happen because 
there's definitely times as a producer when you're uh, building with people and it's almost like if you like if you were to in the moment turn it into a money conversation right you could lose the chance to actually build with them mm-hmm. uh, and it, it would almost be selfish at that point to claim money <laughs> right right especially like like um the biggest moment i probably had like that was i don't want to out him because i don't want it to sound like mean but i had a moment like when i first reached out to kj like a while back we had met at a show we had talked a little bit at the show and um he was working on i knew at the time he was working on jonah part two okay so i sent him I just sent him a message just being like, hey, man, I just finished a few new beats. I know you're probably not looking because I know you said your project's pretty much done. Uh, but I just want to send you some beats if you're down. You can peep them. You don't even have to record anything. Or I would just like your feedback, honestly. And then I sent him beats, and uh, he responded later. And later the same night and he was like i'm gonna mess around with this one it probably couldn't make the album at this point but we'll mess around with it and then um he hit me up like a few days later didn't hear anything and then a few days later he's just like okay so i'm getting canon on the hook he was (laughs) like and i'm gonna delay the album and put it on there and i was just like shocked because it was like at that point i hadn't i don't think canon had yeah canon hadn't released you know brown or any of that yet yeah that was still like that had been recorded but was a while in the distance um yeah several, several months later but um so he recorded the song and delayed the album and stuff and it was crazy because it was like this is a dude I've been listening to since elementary school. Yeah, yeah. And I had sat there. I had his yearbook album uh, when I was in elementary school, and I was listening to it. And then forward now, I'm in college, <laughs> and dude's delaying his album so that I can get a track on there. Like, And if I would have sent him beats and at that moment been like $200 a beat. Like I probably, he probably wouldn't have even opened them. <laughs> right. So that, that move was, was like, worth it for sure. Yeah. That, and I mean, that just happens all the time. With, yeah. Um, especially when you're uh, a producer that releases your own music, mm-hmm. it can become actually more opportunistic to be like, I'll give you this beat if you spit a verse on one of my tracks that I'm doing with someone else. Right, right. And I've done I've done that all the time, and that's yeah, because that's uh, just you know collaborating with with people. You know, you're making something together. Yeah, definitely. You're trying to create yeah. like magic, and it definitely shows an artist um, that you're more interested in actually working with them instead of just selling a beat. Right. Because uh, most artists will be like. If you hit them up and you're like, I want to 
work with you on this song. And they're like, oh, well, I don't have any money right now. You're just like, whatever, I'll have you on one of my tracks, too. And they're like, okay, this guy wants to work with me. Or if you're like 200 beat, and they're like, I don't have money right now. And you're like, okay, hit me up when you have money. It's like, they're like, oh, he doesn't want to work with me. He's just trying to get Yeah, he's just he's just trying to get a, money. a sale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's definitely something that I've learned over the last year or so. So, Poetics, sometimes I see it with the capital CS at the end. Is is it not, or is it? Or is it whatever you feel like it? Um, It's pretty much whatever I feel like at this point. I tried to, like, have the capital CS when I first started because it was my initials. Mm-hmm. And um, when, I first, <laughs> when I first started rapping, I was like, bro, my music is going to be poetic. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, but I can't just put that. So I put my initials on the end. <laughs> and I was like, that's a good rap thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, when I quit, I was just like, I, I had quit and done production and there was a little bit of traction, but when I started actually releasing singles, Spotify went and Apple Music and all that, I'd send it into CD Baby and they would automatically lowercase it. Ah, and okay. then, so other people would try to send it in and have it uppercase and it would load to the wrong page. So yeah. eventually I was just like, I was just like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> all right, because I've always capitalized like, okay, your CS. It can just be two letters. <laughs> yeah, why, why can't you? Or NF, right? Um, yeah. Well, I always put the capital CS when I when I do your articles. I'm not doing it no more, man. I'm not taking that extra step because it don't matter. Uh, <laughs> you, had to, uh, you had to click the shift bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's too it's too much work. I got to go in and like manually do stuff. I'm I'm not I'm not trying to add more. I got a lot of submissions. So, one one question I wanted to ask you. You you spoke about it a little bit. Um, you know, back in the the golden era of hip hop, even before me, like the producer was very like praised in hip hop. You have mm-hmm. you had like it was your DJ producer and the MC, and then slowly that shift went yeah. away. And it became focused on the rapper. Now you're seeing, and I think especially in Christian hip hop, where the producer is kind of coming back, where like you yourself, you're actually putting out tracks. Ob's putting out mm-hmm. tracks. Kevmo's putting out tracks. Um, and Kevmo oh, yeah. is, is an artist now, but you know you get the sentiment like the this track, Fameless, you're putting out a track, and and these guys, or and you, you like you're not singing, you're not rapping, yet you're putting out a track, yeah. and it's your track. So, like, why do you think that shift happens? Like, why do you think that's something that's going on now with, with producers? Um, I think a lot of it is early 2000s. Most producers that were coming up with artists at the time weren't getting the love and, like, uh-huh. the face value that they deserved for their work. Like, um, for example, Beethoven back then, mm-hmm. he wasn't getting nearly as much face value as he is 2018. <laughs> right, and, right. Uh, same with Lex Luger, Sony Digital, like all the guys that were kind of the early trap movement. Um, there was someone that was going on a rant about that. I think it was Sony Digital. He was saying like, um, 
people try to low cut producers all the time, even in like big label stuff. And he was just like, at this point, it was like, this was years ago too. He was like, I'm going to start releasing my own music under my own name just so I can get face value. And then he did that. Uh And over time, because once you build that name, it's like your price just goes way up because this came down to like, for example, I have more people hit me up like, because I'm, I love all the placements I get, but I've, I would say I have more people hit me up from hearing my own music than hitting me up because they heard a track I did for KJ or Canon. Right. And that's not like a knock to them. It just comes down to like hitting up the artist directly because I mean, Canon's going to get more people hitting him up for right. No one's gonna one look of his at songs it. Songs going viral than a feature he did for somebody. Yeah, and also no like, one's gonna look at the track that you produced for these bigger artists as oh, this is a canon and poetics track. No, like that's a canon track. But like, yeah, yeah. but when it's your track, it's like all right. Well, who's this guy? You know the name in front of it. They'll be like, which one's the guy on the song rapping? And they'll be like, oh, he's he's not. Like that's the producer. So that's like your branding yeah. right there. I'm telling people now, um, even when they buy a beat from me, I'm like, you can feel free to tag me as a featured artist on it if you want. Uh, just because uh, when it's on Spotify, if it gets in a playlist, someone someone might see it and be like, okay, so this is a poetics track before they even click ah, it. Ah, yeah. So it's like, it's just more and more about like building the brand and it's just it's crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's 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 funny you said that because the other day I think there was a track that said featuring poetics that I posted and I was like, Oh, is like he gonna do something? <laughs> <laughs> I was like I was like, What's he gonna they're, do? They're just like, nah. And I was like, Did they Um yeah, Jay Fish Jay Fish was really smart to Yeah. He released that track and he put it as on Spotify as featuring Derek and Poetics. And right, at the same right, time, I right. was like, I was like, that's smart. I was like, I don't know if he's allowed to do that, but <laughs> yeah, because I I saw it and I was like, yo, they got he got Derek. It was like M Poetics is doing something here, and then I, I didn't I didn't hear, I didn't hear either yeah. of you, and I was like, and I was like, then who did what on the beat? Like, was Poetics <laughs> was Poetics is featured just him doing his name drop in the beginning? Like, I was like. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a that's a dope deal. Like you, I just said my name on the track. I got out. I got the feature. You know, we we good. I'm on Spotify. <laughs> well, all right. So let me let me ask that question. Like for for in that instance, for that, we'll go by that particular song. Like you and Derek uh-huh. produce something. So how does that work when you have like a dual producer on a track? Um, it kind of depends when it comes to. Because um, how that beat came out, we did like four or five beats. Um, we made one in the studio together. And then a few days later, we were like collabing, but I was in my house and he was back at his place. And it was like, he was sending me beats, like almost like just beat loops. Mm-hmm. Like he would just make like the beat loop. But then send me all the stems for it. Okay. 
and then he'd be like, add whatever you want, structure it out of the beat. So I would take, I would take the melodies, place them out to where it only come in certain spots. Uh, so like the beat that Jayfish rapped on, um, it was basically like at the time it was almost like a 16 bar loop, I think. And then I kind of structured it out. I made the intro and then I did that little part where the beat like slows down right before the drop. Okay. It's like a transition and then I put our tags on it and all that kind of stuff. And I think he mixed it though after, but it's kind of like, it comes down to your workflow. Um, Generally, when I do collab beats with people, I try to handle drums because my tag is poetic spring drums in. That's but why I asked you about the drums. <laughs> I was just yeah. thinking about it. Cause I, it's I like, need to get another tag for that reason, though. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's probably a drummer. He brings the drums in. <laughs> but I just enjoy... Uh, I enjoy primarily doing drums and percussion for stuff just because... That's I feel like that's where most of the fun in production is. Right, and that I guess you feel like most comfortable in that too. Like that's your yeah. You feel like that's your lane as far as the beat. Like that's what you're gonna bring in. Now, now. Oh yeah. And and you don't have to get like specific here, but like, how do you? How does like a a money or like royalty work for something like that? Like, is it always gonna be a fifty fifty split, or do you figure it out? Like, well, I actually did like 80% of the beat and you did 20%. So that's how we're going to split it. Mm. That's an interesting question. Um, I've heard from some (laughs) people that it can come down to that. Like when you're doing huge stuff, like if we're doing something for like Justin Bieber, right. It'd be a little different, but, um, generally when I've done collab beats with people, which is also kind of, kind of rare. Sometimes I have like, if the producer isn't super well known, I'll be like, "Well, I have to know that I'm getting my money up front because I might make a collab beat with someone and they never sell it. Right? They have it just sit on their laptop. So I I charge some up front, usually like forty, fifty bucks, and I'll just be like, "You do that for me. I'll do drums for the track, send it back to you, and then you can do whatever you want with it." Um, the track with Derek, we split it 50-50 profits. Okay. And he didn't even need to do that. I would have <laughs> I would have just done it to do it because it's Derek. <laughs> you know, like, I just I just wanted my name here, but I'll take it. Yeah. And I'm not going to say no. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's, they're, they're all cool about, like, they would, like, they like to help new people that are coming up. Yeah, I know, I know Derek's definitely got a heart for that oh he's he's great him and Cannon are both great about that Cannon and I made a beat like together like a year and a half ago and I still haven't put it anywhere or anything because I'm like I just want to hold on to it just to hold on to it yeah like I don't even want to release it <laughs> now do you do you ever like write any hooks, like any producer bars, I know that's what they call it, or mm-hmm. are you you're strictly like the beat? Um, I I actually did a hook on one of the tracks that Plain James and I released. Okay. Yeah. It was um the one piece piece. 
I, I remember the oh, song. Wow. Yeah, oh, I remember the song. God. I don't remember, you know, what the hook was or anything. The hook was basically like, because um, sometimes I'll never usually do more than a hook, but I'll come up with hook ideas and then just kind of like record it. So when I send it to the artist, they have I'm an like, idea. you can use yeah. this hook if you want. I just kind of came up with it on the fly. But that one was basically like, uh, I was just playing on the words peace and peace and how they're spelled, uh, they're spelled different but sound the same. And it was like, I'm going to show them all the peace, then I'm going to aim it like a piece. Oh, but right, right, right. Yeah. That was kind of a dumb hug. Yeah, it's, all, <laughs> it's all right, man. You're, you're, you're doing it, though. Um, so do you, do you see, do you see yourself, uh, doing that more like, like doing some hooks or doing more writing on tracks or do you think you'll, you'll primarily kind of just stay in the, the producer lane? Um, I think primarily six producer. I just don't enjoy, um, I feel like there's more criticism when it comes to doing your own vocals and stuff. Right. And I'm one of those guys that, like, I'm not as confident in that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. if I were to release it, I'd do it under a different name or something. But. <laughs> okay. No, it makes, that makes sense. Now, all right, so now... I'm, I'm not like Kev Mo, where he's, like, really dope with his music and confident with it. Even on Beats killing it rapping now. Yeah, on, on the on the Duos on the duos album, he, he made a couple of, like, I was like, whoa, all right, I see you, OB. Yeah, I, I see didn't you. even know it was him, and then I was like, watching one of the videos and I was like, What? <laughs> we rocking duos. We rocking duos. Oh all right, Obi, I see you. <laughs> yeah. Um so what what about I mean you so you have a full time job, obviously, and you work mm-hmm. hours. You you said you're still in college or you're just out of college? I finished college in May. Okay. So you're you're kinda fresh out of college, you're married. Yeah. Also, you're young. Mm-hmm. When do you make oh, beats? Yeah. <laughs> because you have a lot uh, of them out there. <laughs> when when does this happen? Um, it's primarily like um, I usually work early mornings at my job. Uh, I put when they asked for my availability, I told them that I wasn't available like evenings and stuff because I wanted to be scheduled early. So I generally work at my job at like 4.30 or 5-ish, sometimes closer to 6, and okay. then go to like noon or 1-ish, depending on the day, because it's a barista job, so sometimes it's crazy early. Yeah. Sometimes it's an eight-hour shift, sometimes it's five hours. Right, right. But I usually get off 12, and um, if I have more time in the day, then I usually call around people in the area, see if anyone's down to link up. And if they're not, I just come home and knock out a bunch of beats. And then wife comes home from her job and we hang out the rest of the evening. And then I fall asleep really early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry for keeping you up. I mean, you were watching a movie already, so I guess. Oh, yeah, I'm just chilling tonight. Yeah. I don't work tomorrow, so. Okay, no, that's good. So you so you pump out beats pretty quickly then like you're more of like yeah. that efficient sort of guy you you don't really labor over a beat for you know weeks or whatever. Nah, if I 
if I don't have it done in probably an hour, I'll scrap it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm really quick with it. So I, I watched a video a while ago that was Beethoven where he was uh, making a beat, and he said he said something crazy that was like it was like if it's not done in 20 minutes, I scrap it and start over. Wow. And I was just like, and he, in the video, he made a beat in six minutes. That's crazy. That's crazy. And, it, and it, then they recorded the song and everything to it. I was just like. It's it's so fascinating to see producers work. Like, I got to, I got to room with T. Wyla, um, in Atlanta, uh-huh. in Atlanta for the A3C Festival. And he yeah, was just bro. showing me, he's like, he's like, hey, you want to make a beat? And I was like, yeah, let's go. And he just sits down on the laptop and he throws all these chords together and the drums. And he went about 15 minutes and then he's like, nah, I don't like it. I want to do something else. And I was like, no, but this sounds really good. He's like, yeah, but I don't like it. And I was like, dang, but like, I, like, I want it. Like, I, like, it's, so it's, it's really cool to watch people work like that and how everyone has like a different, a different style. Of yeah, bro. Some, some are um, really labor intensive. Some are really quick. Some get bored and they just move on when, even if it sounds pretty good. Yeah. I've told, I've told people before, uh, cause I've had a few people I talk about with the, I'm in a group chat with like on beat and like 50 other producers. Okay. And I said one time I was like, there's room for Dr. Dre and there's room for Zaytoven. So for you, what do you feel has been your biggest success so far as a producer? Like your biggest moment, like, wow, you know, I made it. Or not, you know, but you know what I mean? Like, wow, like I'm, I'm really doing this. Like this is, this is a real yeah. thing. Oh, uh, this is actually yesterday. <laughs> wow. Um, no, this one, we got fresh emotion it, on this. It's nothing that crazy, <laughs> but um, I saw... Lecrae actually posted on Instagram a screenshot of a playlist that he created that he was listening to, mm-hmm. and the track I did with Juan Day Byron was in there, and I was just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, oh, I, I, I saw it. you like, post that. Like, yeah, I was just like, "What the heck?" That was another moment where I was just like, "What the heck is happening?" <laughs> You you may get a DM slide from Lecrae. Hey man, I'm looking for a beat, and then that might be one of the ones you'd be like, "Yo, you don't even have to pay me. Here's 15 of them. Check them out. <laughs> let me know which let me know which one you want." Although Lecrae should pay you, because Bro, if anyone was... should if 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 anyone should be paying you, it should be somebody from from Reach Records. <laughs> <laughs> if, if anyone should pay me, it's someone from my capital. <laughs> That that would yeah that that would be an idea too. So what what about what it, what would you say? Um, and some people don't have one, but maybe uh-huh. you do. What would you say is like your biggest failure or regret so far as a producer and and just working in the industry? Yeah, man, let's get um, serious. <laughs> I'd say probably one of my biggest things. I wrote this in the article that I did for Zilla too. But um, okay. I sent when I first started producing, I started sending out beats to people like way too early <laughs> to where I was uh-huh. like, I, I thought they were good at the time. But now I look back and I'm like, bro, you should have never done that. And um, 
uh, I was talking with uh, Tony Tillman a few weeks ago, and I was showing him beats, and he was just like, he's like, bro, I almost don't believe that it's the same person that made these. And he was like, because the stuff that you first sent me forever ago, and he's like, I'm going to be honest, it was terrible. And he's like, <laughs> but you've you've came a long way and worked hard and progressed as a producer. So it's like, it's just crazy how... Yeah, you got some validation. Yeah. Yeah, bro. That's, no, that's, I think a that's lot awesome. of artists don't realize when they say stuff like that, like how... It can actually like affect like producers and people like that. It's crazy yeah. how like people that you listen to when they validate you for doing something dope, and it's like, um, and still like every once in a while when I meet an artist for the first time, and I'm just like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm poetic, and they're like, bro, I've heard of you, and then they're like, why didn't you just say you were you? <laughs> And I'm like, <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> but, dude, it's just, it's exciting. It's, yeah, no, no, I that, enjoy that's the music dope. Industry. <laughs> music industry's fun, man. As long as, uh, as, as long, long as you, you do things the right, the right way. As long as you work with the right people and you treat people the right way. Yeah. I'll say that. Because once you become known as the guy who doesn't treat the people the right way, then yeah, things things it's might real not be easy so fun. To burn bridges. <laughs> Very, and wow. you you know, especially in CHH, it's not like a small community, but like for a genre of it's music, tight. it is a small community. Everybody knows yeah. each other, even if you never met, you heard of the person, and oh, people yeah. talk, and and people know what's going on. People uh, might so, not talk outright, but there's like right. the whole like underbelly that once you find out, it's like you're like talking to someone, and they're like. Oh yeah, that artist screwed me over for five hundred bucks. They're like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> and you're just like, "What?" And then it's it's crazy, bro. Uh, the stuff you'll hear behind the scenes, and and it, if you're not if you're not thick skinned, it can it can actually really get to you. Like, yeah, and but I and mean, sometimes... real, I almost said real hip hop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> non-christian hip-hop is like that just much so yeah and and sometimes it gets hard too because sometimes the people that are in this conflict like you're friends with and like yeah. you've never had problems with them and you're and you don't even want to believe it like yo that's my friend he wouldn't do that but it's like yo he did and you're yeah. like uh now this is awkward and you get put you yeah, get put bro. in the middle of something so that's why you just can't have any friends usually when that happens it's <laughs> either it's usually either someone's got an ego <laughs> right? or it's someone didn't want to give someone else some money. And those are usually like the two things that I've noticed seem to, but then also it's like, usually most people don't want to call out somebody because they don't want like the other people to hit them up and just be like, you're just doing this because of clout. So it's like, yep. it's it's weird, bro. It's almost like CHA, it's like a lot of the time they just don't want, like they don't want to see behind the curtain, but they do at the same time. 
Right, like everyone wants to see behind the curtain, but sometimes you're not supposed to see it. Like it's better that you don't. Yeah. Because um, it, it ruins um, this image of your white picket fence house <laughs> that, yeah. that you think everything exists in. But I think I it's feel partially because like, so many people are like emotionally connected. So like, right. They're like, that's the artist that got me saved. And it's like, that's the same artist that screwed this guy out of 500 bucks. <laughs> right, right. And, and it is crazy too. They're a person. <laughs> right. It's crazy because there's a lot of good people who do stupid things, but that doesn't negate the fact that they did a lot of really good things, but it also doesn't yeah. negate the fact that maybe they did some bad things too. So it, it's like a fine line. And I mean, since you're talking about getting like, you know, screwed out of money or egos from a production, from a producer standpoint, like what do you think, and maybe it's not necessarily that, but what do you think is the biggest thing that, that plagues producers today from what you could see? Like what's your biggest struggle and and the struggle of your peers? Is it that, you know, money thing? Is it the recognition thing? Is it, you know, too many, too many fish in the sea of producers? Uh, I need a second to think about that. Um, I would say one of the biggest problems I've had is people try to think, uh, just because we have similar followings on stuff, that I am wanting to collab with them, full-on, 100% collab songs all the time. That's one right. thing I've had a lot. Like, people reach out to me, and they're like, they're like, we should do a song together. And then it's like, it's like, bro, I don't really know you like that. People I do songs with are usually people that I've built with, like, forever. Like, Zay Hill and I have been making music together since we both hadn't broken a thousand on Spotfy. You guys are Batman and Robin. I don't Bro, know. I don't know. I don't know which one is. I don't know which one is which. But you guys are definitely a team. <laughs> Zay Hill's Robin. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Zay? <laughs> he's, he's like. Uh, I'm. I'm more like. I'm, we're not even Batman and Robin. I'm like. I, I look like Penguin. <laughs> you guys are like Penguin Danny and Riddler. <laughs> you guys are Penguin and Riddler. Yeah, bro. I, I like that. But definitely uh, people think, because I've heard the same stuff from people from a rap standpoint. I'd say it's just a problem with CHH. Is, right. Um, people are just like, we are, like they do, they do something kind of dope. And you're like, you'll reach out to them and just be like, oh, that's dope. It's cool to see you doing something like that. And then they're just like, we should work on something like right away. And you're like, whoa. I don't know you like that. <laughs> you're like, yeah. if, if you're looking for a beat, I could give you like a good deal or something. And they're like, they're like, no, I'm trying to do like a collab song. And it's like, okay, well, I plan those out months ahead. And I try to work with people that I know them 100% because it's like, from a producer standpoint, if I'm doing a song with someone, like I'm straight up co-signing them. Because it's like, at this point, if Zay Hill did something terrible and screwed over someone or started dropping F-bombs 
on Instagram or something like that, like I'd be getting as much slack as him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because we work that's together guy. so much. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like I co-signed them. So it's like, and he co-signed me the same way. So we're always yeah. like looking out for each other. But it's like, uh, it makes sense. someone I don't know, I'm going to be a little hesitant to work with them right away. <laughs> No, I, I get that all the time, too, just on Twitter and just being a writer. People that, you know, I've, I've spoken to them on Twitter casually. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you don't really know somebody like that. And, you know, they'll be hitting me up like, how come you didn't post my music? Or or expecting that I'm going to write about them or interview them or do something. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, like I, like, I spoke to you on a Twitter thread. Like, I don't, Bro, I bet that gets I don't really know you. around freshman season. Oh man, everyone's my best friend. I'm fresh. I should drop like an, an Amazon. I should drop an Amazon wish list and just be like, all right, let's see, let's see who really here's, wants here's, it. Here's my uh, cash app. <laughs> yeah, no, but seriously, I don't want to incriminate myself like that. Just let that be known on this podcast. You cannot bribe me to get on. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of people that I love talking to and I think are cool, but they don't make good music. Uh, vice versa there's a lot of people who i don't think are very nice people or very interesting Uh at all but they make dope music so i mean it's it's all i mean if if you make good music you know people people will will see it i mean eventually at some point you just have to be smart about putting it out yeah and a lot of it's just consistency Mm -hmm. like i've noticed um there's artists that I've worked with in the past and we drop a song, it gets 10K or something like that. A few months later, they haven't released anything. They're back down to X amount of monthly listeners. And right. You I, lose I relate momentum. like everything to Spotify just because I use it all the time. But that's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the main driving force now. The game changed. Yeah, That's bro. why you got to put out so much stuff. It's kind um, of like there's so many playlists on Spotify that they're redoing the entire playlist every week. And it's like if you're not consistently in there, you're just going to get drowned out because there's so many people that are in there once and then they're not in there for six months. Yeah, and one like, and done. But if you're that guy in there every week, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and since this is called the Survival of the Artist podcast, I will ask you, and it's kind of a personal question, so if you don't want to answer it, that's cool, but like, and we were, you were talking a little bit about before, about like how many beats and stuff you're making and how you're in Nashville. So are you almost at a point where you could survive just doing music or do you still, you know, do you still have a ways to go? Um, I'd say I still have another few months maybe almost a year that's not bad man because i'm i'm definitely at the point where i'm starting to make some pretty decent but um it comes down to comfortability right like do you want to be comfortable (laughs) or do you want to be like safe or do you want to exactly right and you got to be smart because you're married so and it's also like the point i'm at right now it's like I am working a job and doing music stuff. Uh-huh. And I don't think quitting a job right now would make the current stuff I'm doing 
anymore <laughs> than what it is right now, where once I'm more busy, then it comes to down to like time management and right. how much time I need to put towards music stuff. Right. I know that's like a serious consideration, like taking that plunge, like, am I ready to do music yeah. full time? I think not? that's everybody in the music industry. Right, right. <laughs> everybody, I mean, just like, if you ask, if you posted something that said, what, what, how successful do you want to be in the music industry? Most people that are in like Christian hip hop would say, I just want to be able to just do music. And just live off that. Like they don't right. want a Benz. <laughs> yeah, they not looking to be, be able rich. To pay the rent and be comfortable. Like say say that you know the the average income, let's just say, is like forty thousand dollars. If you work the nine to five, if you uh-huh. could make that forty thousand dollars doing music, no more, no less, then I'm cool with that. You know, that yeah. that sort of deal. Um, where it's like I can make the same amount doing money as I can doing my job, so now is the good time, you know, to to take that plunge. And all right, so here's here's the final question that ties it all back in together. What would you say is the key to the survival of the artist in today's landscape? Um, today's landscape, I would say consistency for sure um, but also consistent quality because okay. there's a balance you gotta find um, between I'm gonna continuously drop music and I'm gonna continuously drop music that's good quality <laughs> right because I love Migos <laughs> <laughs> I love Migos but I do not need a 50-song Migos album. No, nobody does. (laughs) I personally don't, but at the same time, there's people that do, and those people are steady streaming Migos albums because there's that uh, anticipation for it, and the, the people are almost like demanding that, where it's like, uh, if you're not well known yet, you should be focusing on just dropping consistent songs. And then over the course of two or three years, as long as you get a decent following and all those songs are getting a good amount of streams, you're going to be raking in some money after two or three years. Like there's mm-hmm. money to have in the industry. It just, you got to find it. Takes time. <laughs> you got to get there. Um, yeah, and everyone wants it so quickly. They're like, I just broke. Like, someone's like, wow, I broke 200,000 on Spotify. And it's like, okay, that's dope. You're not going to see it for seven, eight months. <laughs> it'll, it'll come in, but it'll be what is that like? What is that, like $14 anyway, right? <laughs> No, yeah, bro. no I, I know it's I know it's more than that, but but I but I know it sucks. Yeah, I know it still sucks though compared to what the number actually is. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I lied. I'm gonna ask you one more question because I know someone's gonna complain about it, and I don't normally do this, but <laughs> you're like the first like actual 100% producer that I've had uh-huh. on here. So give me three 
who are your top three producers in your mind that they the go talking CHH or you know what, give me uh give me both if you have okay, them. Okay, gotcha. Um Okay, if we're talking CH no, I'm gonna start with mainstream. Um mainstream I'd say Lex Luger. Mm-hmm. Uh Zaytoven. And let's go Swiss Beats. So are these your three favorite or who you think these are like the three best, like the goats? I'd say those are my three favorites. Okay. Or are we talking goats? Oh, I don't know. This I'm I'm gonna leave this up to you. You you answer it however you seem fit. Gotcha. Because I mean, if it was goats, I'd say we'd probably switch out Lex for Metro, and then Swizz for Gray. Okay, I'm I'm like sure you made sure. people happy. You made people happy with Dre in there. All right, so I got who, all, the, who, I got all the, the '90s kids happy. Yeah. Um. C-H-H. What about what about CHH? Derek. Yeah, Derek makes some dope beats. He's so um, curated. Mm. It's hard to think who else I'd put on there. Do you want to stop with Derek just so you can have like that one guy <laughs> at the top? <laughs> just Derek. And not, af- um, not offend anybody. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to run through like a list of producers. All in right, my head. I, I'll give you one. Aside from Derek, who is the best rapper producer? Who do you think is like rapper like, producer? Like his skill is equal in producing Cannon. and rapping. Cannon. Cannon's up there. He can produce like crazy. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't I'll, do it as much. I love um I love Mowgli the Iceberg's combination oh, of yeah. production rapping. Yeah, he's. He's so creative too. Mm-hmm. I love I, was, I love what uh, he does. I went over to his house before and watched him make. Uh, it was actually the day he made that "I Don't Want to Die Right Now" track. Okay. Like I watched him make that on the spot, and it was so cool to watch. Because <laughs> it was just like the way he came up with the melody, and then kind of came up with the words to it, and built around it. And, it was cool. I'd well, Mowgli be up there. <laughs> Mowgli was the first guest on this podcast ever, so we so where special place he, in your heart. <laughs> yeah, so he he began the podcast, and now we can end it on him right here. But yeah, bro, that's, that's it, man. <laughs> you 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 ran the gauntlet of episode twelve of Survival of the Artist. We've we've never spoken before on the phone. I've never interviewed you, but you're someone I. <laughs> I'm always seems to be talking to through Twitter or email, um, mainly because you submit way too much music, but <laughs> it's quality because you're working with you're you're working you're working with a ton of artists and you submit quality uh, and you work with good people. So keep it coming. Um, appreciate def- Yeah, I definitely appreciate you jumping on the podcast um, and appreciate what you're doing and just working with people and building. Because uh, I like to do that myself. So that's it, man. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Go finish your Keanu Reeves wedding movie. Um, <laughs> not sure. Not sure when this is dropping. Probably sooner than later. Um, and that's it, man. I'm sure I'll, I'll be speaking to you soon. For sure.
Alright man, peace. Alright, so we're back after that long delay of a month. Special shout out to Poetics for breaking the ice. Now, I've been saying it a long time that I'm creating a Patreon. It's finally here. It's live. You can go to patreon.com slash survival of the artist podcast. And there you will find a couple of tiers to donate. You can have a $1 tier uh, where you get your episode first. It's not that great, but it's a little thank you. It's like a tip to me. We have a $3 tier where you can join an exclusive Survival of the Artist podcast group chat where we can talk about music. We can You could send your music and have other people and myself critique it, go over it. Uh, sort of just like a, a private little gang that we could talk about stuff. We got a $5 tier where, uh, you know, once a month, maybe multiple times a month, we'll see. I'll give you a nice breakdown episode of anything you want to know as a creative, you know, all the band tips and stuff that I tweet out on Twitter, we'll break that down and condense it into a nice episode, uh, maybe 10 minutes or so. And the last option is the $10 tier, which uh, I think this would be pretty cool. We get whoever's in the group and, you know, maybe a couple times a month, we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. Uh, we all get together in a video chat, and we, we kind of just talk it out. We ask questions. We talk face-to-face. We can listen to each other's music. I think that'll be pretty cool. Uh, and I, I set some goals for the page, too, maybe $50, uh, f- making $50 a month. Perhaps we can get a music show, an indie music show, where I just play a lot of the up-and-coming indie artists, uh, and you know we could expose people to new music. Uh, Maybe we go for $100 and start creating more and more shows where I'm actually interviewing a bunch of different indie artists on the same show, talk show format. Uh, I don't know. The possibilities are endless. Uh, I'm looking forward to see if anyone's willing to donate. It would be super generous. Uh, It helps me out. It gives me uh, the validation that I'm helping people and people are interested so that I can keep doing this and pursuing this. Um, And that's it. That's all I have to say. You can follow me on Twitter at Justin Sarachik. S-A-R-A-C-H-I-K. Come look me up. Tweet me. Let me know if you like the episodes, you don't like the episodes, what you want to do. I hope to see you all on Patreon. Peace.